Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Shine football fans, welcome to Morning Footy. Happy Wednesday. We're halfway through the week. I'm Susanna Collins alongside Nico Cantor, Christine Cupo at the desk, Alexis Guerreros. We've got Jenny Chu in with some headlines for you today. Christine, I have to, I need your pants to have a moment. I, 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 I just, I, the, look at this. Look at this. Wow. This is how you do a Wednesday, people. Yeah. I Did came anyone in. get PTSD of uh, making Jiffy Pop at home? I, I, I do. You have an explosive personality, so thank you. These are fitting. I like that you had Jiffy Pop and not yeah. Big Potato. Yeah. That would have been a little I, bit I was, more. I'm not a Big Potato wrapped in foil guy, but Jiffy Pop, the sound of it, of you, of uh, Christy Cooper walking into the studio, made me think, like, get her off the oven. Get so off the stove. You're very smart. Because like, Charlie would wear that material on his jacket, and the audio engineers probably want oh, to kill him. Yeah, the yeah. Oh, I, and the lighting I, guy yeah. would be I like, how do we do this? I crawled upstairs very early. I crept up there and decided very soon that I would be the worst cat burglar in these because you could yeah. hear me coming down the hallway with my cold brew just yes. I'm like good morning it's That's me like and one other corduroy. person. corduroy you just hear it you know rubbing yeah. <laughs> big thighs <laughs> <laughs> you're wondering <laughs> We're chafing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. No, for me, this is like Beyonce backup dancer, and I could not be more Thank here for Thank you. It. I, I'm available. Obsessed. Bay, I don't know if your tour is over yet, but mm-hmm. I mean, well, I'm one legged, but we can, we can improvise. Let's I'm go. sure I could dance. I love it. I mean, it, when I walked in this morning, it was like everything that I needed because, you know, we're all a little bleary eyed at 5 a.m., and uh, Christine just brought the heat straight off the bat. So I appreciate you. Aww. Lovely to have you at the desk this morning. Yes. Um, and I'm also glad you're here because we've got some fun things to talk about today, like coaches getting fired. Mm. We've so got many. a few. I know. So a lot of news dropping yesterday. Tuesday was busy. Um, but let's start in Spain, where yesterday it was announced that the head coach of the Spanish women's national team, the team that just won the World Cup, um, Jorge Vilda, Fired, and they put out the Spanish Federation put out this statement yesterday, leading up to the announcement that he was relieved of his duties. The Royal Spanish Football Federation, through its president, Mr. Pedro Roca, considers it essential to request the most sincere apologies to the world soccer team, soccer institutions, to the footballers, especially the players of the Spanish national team and the England soccer team. Now, again, this is weeks after weeks of turmoil surrounding the events uh, immediately following Spain's World Cup win, where Luis Rubiales, the president of the federation, kissed Jenny Hermoso quite 
inappropriately and the fallout from that event. Um, there's just been a lot that has that has transpired, Nico. This feels like it was an inevitability that Vilda would be relieved of his duties. Um, but do we think that this is kind of the the first one to fall? Are we going to see more? There's definitely going to be a structural change at the Federation, and there definitely will be people that will be ousted, people that will be put into power. For example, today, reports say that uh, the presidential cabinet will be restructured. One of the vice presidents, who's a woman, will be put in that place. Today, for example, and somebody who was in the presidential cabinet of Luis Rubiales will be out. So Pedro Rocha, the interim president of the Spanish Federation, is clearly not playing any games at this point. He wants that structural change that so many women and some men have been asking for. When I say women and men, I, I am mostly talking about the players because they're the ones that have been very vocal about this. Um, and it felt like yesterday, and as anticipated, it felt like Villa was going to be fired, but a head had to roll. Because legally, right now, what Pedro Rocha can't do is fire Villa, excuse me, fire Rubiales, mm. full stop. To do that, he would need a unanimous vote of no confidence from all of the territorial presidents of the Royal Spanish right. Football Federation, which he's not going to get because a lot of those presidents are still loyal to Rubiales because that's how politics are, and you're not going to get that unanimous vote of no clear, confidence. And just to be clear, Rubiales is currently serving a 90-day so, suspension. So what you do right. is that you suspend him amid all of the pressure from around the world. I wonder what would have happened if it had not been a a global phenomenon like it is. And Pedro Rocha, the first thing he needed to do um, was sack somebody. Yeah. That was I think even as, very tightly associated Even to as a Rubiales. gesture just to show that he intends to make some moves, whether or not they are just performative in nature, that's to be determined. Mm -hmm. But the other problem with that was when the, the laws on the books that would have essentially made it easier to remove Rubiales dictated that they didn't consider that kiss on Jenny Hermoso to be severe enough to step in. So we mm -hmm. talked a lot about this on Attacking Third, and we had Guillaume Ballier in on Monday to go through some of the very specific laws, some of them dating back to the 90s, yeah. presiding over these, that will essentially set a new precedent when they move forward from this. But for now, the time being, it's either that they have a unanimous vote or FIFA decide to step in and demand that he must be removed. And, and that would be one of the only three ways that you can get him out wow. in an expedited fashion. I don't know if we can even refer to it as expedited at this point because it's drawn out uh, to quite an embarrassing display for everyone involved. Um, it feels like the course of action, though, is eventually that Rubiales is going to be gone. He, we it have feels to. Like, There's right? no question. The problem is the system is so toxic and complicit. Rubiales appointed Villa. Um, it, they're all intertwined in the worst possible way. And so you're going to have people still carrying yeah. water for someone who essentially should be removed. It's, it's the problem across Susanna the board. Susanna mentioned a fall from great. This fall takes longer than the, you know, the opening credits for Mad Men. <laughs> it's, we've been talking about how bad the Spanish Federation has been since before the World Cup started. You have players trying not to play for the team, asking for an apology, trying to get people fired. And, and no one has listened to the players. It seems like this new president, at the very least, and I know this apology seems far too late and for very many far too soft. There's only so much that can happen with the rules that are in place. Mm -hmm. You've mentioned that already. There needs to be unanimous votes for certain things to happen. But at the very least, there are changes. And the fact that an apology and, and a very strong, a very, you know, sort of um, like open apology has been given to the footballing world 
at the very least seems to me like it's a step in the right direction. Because one thing we haven't really been able to do is celebrate this women's team for Thank winning you. the World the f Cup. Fun, funny enough, in that apology, it was, it was released yesterday morning, afternoon in, in Europe. It was a three-page apology. And the last sentence, like the last paragraph was, and on top of all of this, like mm -hmm. da 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 da, we yeah. want to uh, congratulate By the women the again for, for, for winning the final. Um, I, can I just talk about real quickly, okay. yesterday Villa spoke to Spanish radio. Yeah. He went the day he was fired to La Cadena Ser on the program El Larguero, and he had like a 40-minute interview, one-on-one -on -one with the host of that program. That probably was a risky interview to go in considering how boiling the situation I was. I would say counter, no. Because it, Spain, that federation, and he himself have leveraged the media, very select portions of it, from right. the jump from Las Quince. So I think yeah. it was very selectively done, and I think that he wouldn't he have gone somewhere he wasn't going He wasn't right. going to speak to anybody, but I've been listening to mm -hmm. El Larguero for a really long time, and I respect their journalistic integrity, and I think Manu Carreño, who's the host of that program, did uh, a, a, a fair job uh, asking the tough questions mm -hmm. and, and, and goading him, and, and well, not necessarily goading him, but asking the tough questions, the uncomfortable questions that needed to be asked, and he had his way of, because a lot of the stuff, a lot of the questioning falls on Rubiales' actions, and he kind of took a step back to that and, and said that that's almost in Rubiales' court to yes. answer. He Which wasn't, think, he didn't, he didn't I, I think I'm okay with that. I'm not necessarily right. skirting a question, but saying, listen, it's not my place to speak on something that he did or his actions or his mental state during something to that effect. Right. I, I, I think at the end of the day, what, what Vilda, it was obvious after the interview is that his allegiance is still with Rubiales. He didn't. He didn't come out and like brashly mm -hmm. condemn uh, the kids. He applauded the man. Is, right. and, and, and so, he didn't so they asked they out. asked him that, and he kind of sidesteps the question when he was at, when when Rubiales in the general assembly said, "There's this false feminism within Spanish football," and blah blah blah, and, and he was clapping during that. Um, he kind of sidestepped the question. He, you could tell, I think, in his sidestepping mm -hmm. and his non-direct answers, that uh, he was trying to get out of that unscathed. Right. And that speaks more volumes than, because as you can, as a journalist, you can keep on being right. very intense with the question and being persistent, but he's still gonna sidestep. Yeah. To be clear, I'm not questioning the integrity of the journalist in this instance. I'm just saying, we all know that beforehand, he probably gave very strict parameters as to what he did and didn't want to talk to. Right. And as a journalist, you know that you try to mm, 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 right. inch a little bit closer, and then he's gonna answer whatever he's gonna answer. But I, I think that he still chose probably very carefully who he elected to and spend that time he with. he full out denied uh, the allegations mm -hmm. of Las Quince, by the way, um, which, that's that. The allegations are the allegations. Um, we interpret that as, as it is. And the other the thing that was that like irked me when I heard it, because he went back to ask so he could clarify um, th th about the situation of the Federation using Jenny Hermoso's words and manipulating them mm -hmm. to help her defend Rubiales. Yeah. Exactly. He said verbatim. What Jenny said is her truth. And that can be interpreted as you want to interpret it. And that was the part that, mmm, okay. I just, uh, I, I think it's, it's so clear that he's, he's, you know, 
everyone's thinking about themselves in this situation, oh, yeah. and he he's trying to protect himself, and he's trying to right, distance, coming, coming off of a World dis, Cup win, exactly, trying right. to yeah. distance himself they're from still, Rubiales, but they're still also protecting each other. A hundred percent. With that, he right? appointed him. I mean, exactly. He's been, he's been he the appointed head coach him. Since not only did he appoint him, he ensured that he stayed in this coaching role, exactly, even when the players brought the original claims forward and asked for change. A lot of them didn't even ask for him to be removed. They said, "We just need these changes implemented immediately." Yes. We won't play. And the 23 players have now come out and said they will right. not represent. It's now up represent. to 81 plus players, plus the men's side, plus the Spanish captains that are now speaking out, which, granted, it, it takes, it's a slow leak, right? But at least they've now stood up. I, it, I, it's just, it's taking a long time. I mean, we, this is this has been going on for for weeks now, and the fact that Jorge Vilda is only now getting fired, and this is the like I said, like the first domino to fall. I do think that we're going to see more changes there because they have to, because the the footballing world as a whole will not tolerate what has it's, it's been a going on. It's it's a hundred percent a reckoning, but I don't have a lot of faith in the Spanish Football Federation to get this done in a swift manner and to make the right moves I along agree. the way. Even when you look at, at, at when Monse, you look at, who is appointed exactly. the head coach, that was his, that was his number two. Was number two. Yeah. So really, there's not a ton of change at that level. I, I, it's within Spain, I think it's difficult to find an immediate fix within Spain that is not close, Can, closely right. associated to Villa because Villa has been working for the last 17 years in women's football. He's been appointing the managers of not only the U19, the U17s, and within the federation. He's been... Right. <clears throat> I, I don't, don't want to give him credit because it's a lot of, of other the, players pushing for change. All of the hands and, and pockets that Rubiales has been in, it's going to, to your point, it's going to be very difficult to yeah. find somebody within, removed Within from Spain. It. I would hope, though, however, I think I would have probably suspended the search for a little bit and kind of put some feelers yeah. out. The thing is that they have, na they have Nations League right now. Exactly. Mm -hmm. It puts everyone in a bad well position. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean, quite frankly, without a coach, with a coach at this point, they're probably in the same mental state, although they'd probably be playing more freely, I'd argue, with anybody else. Um, it's just unfortunate to see that the quickest, easiest change is, hey, we're going to implement somebody that has been around this team for a length of time and prior to this was a player. So you wonder what... I mean, until she issues a statement herself, I would love to know what her general thoughts on all of it are. 100%. And when you're silent, you're also complicit. I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. Wait, we used to talk about Monse. Uh, about, oh, about Monse. Yeah. It's also, I mean, this is the first women head coach in, in Spain's Spanish history. women's in, national team. Yes, yeah. in, in their history. I would like there I to be more imagine. gravitas and positivity attached to it. A hundred percent, but I... I as a woman, this is where my head goes. I'm wondering what kind of pressure she's under. And exactly. What, and what kind of threats maybe have been made to her about what she can and cannot say. And the position that she in is is, is very precarious. No, yes. at, the end of, at the end of the day, she's also, in a way, loyal to yes. Bilda. She's not, she, she just won a World Cup with Bilda. She's not going to go out and, and trash Bilda. It's, it's a very on. tricky situation. They need to for move her. on from the Rubiales or, or you know, uh, regime. They need yes. to move on from the Villa de regime. And I'm sure they'll find some place in Spain, some club, uh, you know, just off the top of my head, complete rumor, maybe like a Getafe. <laughs> they seem to be liking problematic tires <laughs> or purchases. Man, stay to, away from that. To your point, though, Nico, Spain's a mess. I think it's, you can, it really is. You can complain about the human aspect of it without it impinging upon the footballing aspect of it. You know what I mean? Like, it's not to say that he didn't just win a World Cup, but 
that is a bit overshadowed by the fact that everything else transpired along with yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that they had to win the World Cup for Congratulations to, to the Spanish women for winning the World Cup yeah. in spite of I all know, this. Right? Just like the apology at the end Thank of all you. that. Congratulations. Thank you. In, Thank you in, for bringing it back. Spite. <laughs> in spite That's of all of this. In spite, it. 100%. It should be celebrated, and we will continue to do so. All right, guys, we are going to take a quick break. Um, Jenny Chu will be back with some headlines on the other side. Don't go anywhere. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. All right, Suzanne, I'm going to get to these headlines. The FIFA Club World Cup in December will be the Saudi Pro League's chance to match up against Europe's best. And Saudi Pro champion Al Itihad learned their path to a potential showdown with Manchester City after the tournament draw was held yesterday. Karim Benzema and Al Itihad will play Auckland City in the first round to open the tournament, which takes place from December 12th to December 22nd. Manchester City and the future Copa Libertadores champions will earn automatic berths to the semifinals. CONCACAF champion Club León, Urawa Reds and Alali will round out the field in the final year that the Club World Cup will feature only seven teams. The 2025 Club World Cup in the United States will feature 32 teams. In England, Bukayo Saka has been named England Player of the Year for the second straight year. The 22-year-old Arsenal star beat out Jude Bellingham and Harry Kane for the award. Saka scored seven goals in ten matches for England over the past year, including his hat-trick against North Macedonia. Saka adds the honor to the PFA Young Player of the Year awards he won last month for his standout season at Arsenal. In soccer business news, reports late Monday claimed the Glazer family were considering taking Manchester United off the market after initiating a sale process that has stretched on for over 10 months. And that report did not sit well with Wall Street. The valuation of the club plunged by more than $600 million in just one day. With an almost 20% drop in stock price, it was the biggest daily percentage drop for Manchester United stock since the club was publicly listed in 2012. In MLS news, Maxi Morales' return to New York City FC has taken a very sad turn with the veteran midfielder being diagnosed with a torn ACL that will rule him out for the rest of the season. Morales had only just returned to NYCFC last month and he suffered a torn ACL in NYCFC's recent match against the Vancouver Whitecaps. Morales rejoined NYCFC as a free agent after leaving MLS last December to join his boyhood club Argentinian side Racing where he struggled for consistent playing time. 36-year-old midfielder spent six seasons with NYCFC before leaving last December, captaining the side to the 2021 MLS Cup title. In other MLS news, the Colorado Rapids have fired Robin Frazier as head coach, ending his tenure after spending parts of five seasons with the Rapids. Frazier compiled a 47-48-34 record during his time with the Rapids, including a first-place finish in the Western Conference in 2021. The Rapids currently have the worst record in Major League Soccer with just three wins and 19 total points. Assistant coach Chris Little has been named interim head coach. Susanna, is there a more thankless job in MLS than coaching the Colorado Rapids? <laughs> they aren't exactly a priority for Kroenke, are they? No, they're not. And you, you nailed it, Jenny. It is uh, absolutely a thankless job because Robin Frazier, by all accounts, is probably one of the most respected coaches in Major League Soccer. He is well-liked by his players, by, by other coaches. He took them. You mentioned it. He, they, they finished on top of the Western Conference standings in 2021. That was only two 
seasons ago. And they have been, I will say, the Colorado Rapids have been hampered by injuries over the, the last two years, which has made it exceedingly difficult for them to find results on the pitch. But Sam Kroenke doesn't spend money. They have one of the, yeah. the lowest payrolls There's in all of Major League Soccer. It has been that way historically for the Rapids since 1996. A lot of these teams are going to be left behind in yes. like that when, when the league... It feels with the Messi effect, yes. and especially with the way that Jorge Mas has been very vocal about wanting the league to change roster rules when you've got owners that don't want to spend and that are very frugal in, in the way that they manage mm -hmm. these clubs. It feels like they are going to be left behind. They're not going to move There's and no progress with the them. way that no MLS progresses. Because Robin Frazier is a... Is a, a should be a star yeah. in this league, and if if he can't if he can't find success with the Colorado Rapids, like where does this leave them? Who is going to want this job? I will yeah. say that the, this uh, the general sense is that the blame is falling on Colorado, not Robin Frazier. He took him to 61 points, winning the Western Conference, getting upset by the Portland uh, by the Portland Timbers in the playoffs that year. He's been able to make a lot with not much. Yeah. The, right. Yes, but there's. They don't spend money, but there's no incentive to spend money. It's a single entity. It they all split, the, they all split the pie at the end of the year. So go ahead. Keep spending no money. Let everyone else spend the money. Yo, Messi, go to Miami. I'm going to sit back and collect the same check as if I spent a bunch of money anyway. This is smart. This is the problem with the single entity system. Yeah. But, I mean, firing Robin Frazier is the dumbest thing. I just I does, agree. It, I, does it make any sense to me across the board because who do you think is going to do a better job with what they have been given? A hundred percent. But also globally, like who has who here has been victimized by Crunky? Like <laughs> there's a lot of us, right? There's probably a whole support group. Right. It's like if the food is bad at a Wendy's, so you fire the <laughs> chef. It's like it might not be the chef's fault. He, yeah. he took over for Anthony Hudson. Anthony Hudson was the thing. was the inter was the, yes, I believe that is correct. I'm trying to think. Yeah, what I, the I line think it was. Ivis in her ear says yes. Yes. Um, <laughs> but I, for what he has, again, I think he did a decent job. Again. I understand that coaching eras and tenures need changes He's when you're doing so poorly. It's, it's, got, mm -hmm. Maybe it's but, time for him to get a new but I agree to what, else. Uh -huh. Mm -hmm. And now what with maybe back yeah. to Red Bulls? I he's from the he, well, he was at Red Bulls before. If he if he was able to find success with Colorado in in 21 and get them to the top of the Western Conference standings, yeah. think about what he could do with a team that's actually in, invested in the product on the field. Yeah, I think Robin Frazier. I don't think he will be out of a job very long. No, yeah. is my guess where he's from. Point where. Argentina? No. Argentina. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. no. I was like, no. <laughs> 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 yeah, Are you neighbors? What? He's from Miami. Yeah. There you go. So a little Argentina. There you yeah. go. <laughs> kind of. You've got the flavor it's just, in there. Every so often, Miami soccer people pop up in the world. It's not and you mentioned it every time. Bed. <laughs> yeah, you got it. More reason to love Robin Fraser. Um, all right, guys, we're going to take a break. We're going to chat some NWSL Challenge Cup when we return. Stick around. We'll be right back. I told you imaginary friends are real. This is just so exciting. This Friday, get ready for the movie event with the greatest cast you've ever imagined. Showtime. Ryan Reynolds, John Krasinski, Kaylee Fleming, Fiona Shaw, Phoebe Waller-Bridge, Louis Gossett Jr., Matt Damon, Emily Blunt, George Clooney, Maya Rudolph, Bradley Cooper, Sebastian Maniscalco, John Stewart, Sam Rockwell, Aquafina, Keegan-Michael Key, and Steve Carell. I need to throw up or I need a snack. It's one of the two. Gross. If. Ready PG. Parental guidance suggested. Written and directed by John Krasinski. 
Baseball has begun, which means you need to listen to Fantasy Baseball Today in 5, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network. Join Scott White, Chris Towers, and me, Frank Samphill, every Monday through Saturday as we deliver all of your fantasy baseball needs in just five minutes. We'll break down the biggest performers, news, and prospects who could make an impact this season. Make sure to download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and everywhere else podcasts are found. They want to win that million dollars at the end of it all. Davis, end line, looking for options, and there's the opening goal. Impressive play from Louisville throughout this night. Oh, oh, Rain's going to wear their white kits. Service up. Bennett, header, yes! Oh, oh, Rain comes into Portland, and Rise and Elise, Bennett goal to victory. Clark floats it back side. Why not? This is historic. Take it herself, and that'll do it for Kansas City clinching a spot in the Challenge Cup semifinal. Semifinals of the NWSL Challenge Cup happening tonight. Here's a look at the remaining four teams and the matchups. We had the KC Current taking on North Carolina Courage at 8 p.m. Eastern, followed up by OL Reign facing Racing Louisville at 10 p.m. You can watch both of these matches on CBS Sports Network. So let's get into that first semifinal. KC Current um, facing the current winners of this uh, tournament in the North Carolina Courage. They have faced each other twice this season, split the points. Both sides got a 1-0 result in those matches. Um, Casey Current, though, they're currently sitting last place Mm -hmm. in the regular season standings. NC Courage, they're doing just fine. They're they're sitting pretty up there in the the top three. They're one this fourth. Are they fourth, three or fourth? Three. You're right. It's a lot of shifting. A lot of <laughs> shifting in these in these standings. But they won this last year. They know how to win this competition, Jenny. Uh, it seems like this is a much more of importance for the Casey Current to continue to advance, to have some level of success in their season. What are your thoughts? No, I agree with you there. You know, um, the, the coach, uh, Caroline, was on Box to Box yesterday, and she had talked about the investment that Kansas City has made uh, into their stadium. And I think that that's a big Big note, the, the women's soccer stadium specifically, um, they have put that investment in. So to kind of make sense of that, um, to win the Challenge Cup and get the you know bigger portion of the million dollars that we always talk about when we talk about this <laughs> Challenge Cup would be a massive, you know, kind of weighing out. Yeah. You know, and if you're last place in, no matter what, these four teams are going to take some money home. Of course. Right? So of the course. semifinalists great. all will take money home. But to be in the last place, I think that they do need it more because North Carolina Courage is still in the regular season and can take something else home. Yeah. Christine, what do you think of this, this um, matchup? I'm big on the Courage. I have been yeah. all along, even though some have called me crazy. But I do think that... Um, Brittany Ratcliffe has been overperforming for them for sure. They also have the highest number of goal scorers across the squad with like 10, which I think is sort of mirroring O.L. Reigns' last season run at the Challenge Cup. I think that uh, Sean Nehas has done a really good job of rotating. Oh, look at um, that, Sally. I think right. that maybe that has been a little bit to their detriment where they've kind of fallen short or you've seen some, like, spotty performances. Otherwise, I think they're a solid squad. So, for me, I think they're going to move forward. Now, who they end up playing, I don't know if I'd prefer to, for them to play the Rain or Louisville. It's an interest. So that that semifinal is really interesting for. Before for we get there, reasons. though, yeah, we cannot <laughs> not talk about Caroline. Okay, that's I mean, true. Well, you know, you, you have the <laughs> the, the Brazilian aspect. Yeah. Before we get back to the other <laughs> semifinal, um, you have Dabinia, who used to play for the North Carolina Courage, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and she now plays on the other side on Kansas City. So she has some insight into that 
that, that side um, and playing with Sean Nahas and all of those players. But Caroline has completely taken over recently um, in the league. I think she has, uh, she's third on the Golden Boot race, three goals, sorry, nine goals and three assists. Um, she left for the World Cup and she's still leading in that way. So that's something really important to note. Um, so that Brazilian kind of like against Brazilian that used to be kind of mentor-mentee uh, situation is going to be an interesting one to watch for. Absolutely. Yeah, Dabinia also scoring goals this competition, like a lot of them, like I think 12, something to that effect, you know, no big deal, just normal day. But um, yeah, that's not to say that the, the current world will just roll over for them, but I do, I am big on the courage. And that beautiful Selly, you saw that celebration, uh, that, uh, that was also Lola Bonta, who you would expect players like her and Dabinia to step up. This is a, a pretty bad season in the regular season, your last place. Dude, you're worse than the Chicago Red Stars. That's not a good sign. Uh, are, are they? <laughs> I mean, they're, in the standings they are. Uh, you've given up 28 goals. It hasn't been a fun ride. But now here's your chance. You're potentially a couple of wins away from lifting a trophy at the end of the season. And for a team like Kansas City Courage, who wants to build the specific stadium, the first uh, women's soccer-specific stadium that has beautiful training grounds, that have these large, large plans, lifting a trophy is a, is a, is a, is a, right, is a right good, for a good next step. You may not do it for an NW, NWSL. Maybe you can for a cup. Challenge Cup. Mm -hmm. 100%. Go on. Repeat. Repeat. Yeah. Courage. Let's go. <laughs> Casey Current, NC Courage, 8 p.m. Eastern tonight on CBS Sports Network. Let's move it on over to that semifinal. I'm excited for this one because these are these are two teams in the OL Reign and Racing Louisville who are kind of hovering around that uh, that final spot for the playoffs in the NWSL mm -hmm. regular season. And Racing Louisville have right, on the right there. Yeah. And they have been playing really, really well. And OL Reign have kind of stumbled yes. a little bit. And they're coming off a win. But... It's interesting because I feel like this Challenge Cup semifinal comes at an interesting time because it's like, what do you prioritize, Jenny? Because mm -hmm. they're both trying, they're fighting for their playoff right. lives, but then you've got this huge prize money on with the Challenge Cup. So, Absolutely. so how do you how do you approach this if you're both teams? Oh, yeah, it, it's incredibly interesting because all of the teams are like one point apart in, in on the top standings. So even if you're kind of on the top, you can still fall pretty quickly with a loss. Um, but when it comes to racing Louisville, they're like in seventh place. They're right there. They're I mean, and things are clicking for them now because they have all their World Cup players back. They have Savannah, Savannah DeMello coming back. They have Kanu and Timbu Katlana um, returning from the World Cup, and they are dynamic. They are so incredible to watch. I mean, Racing Louisville is such a fun team to watch mm -hmm. um, with all of those insertions. So I feel like they're going to come out and, and do so much better. You know, we haven't seen that much of these players um, in terms of, of Kanu because she's coming off the bench after coming back from the World Cup, but... Now I think that she gets a start. She scored in the last match, and it just gives them a different kind of look up front. Um, for me, O.L. Reign, a little bit of a, a question mark about Rose Lavelle because she came off in last match with an injury late in the game, so you don't know whether she's going to play and what that does. O.L. Reign, again, coming off of three losses before they just won last, last mm -hmm. match, as you mentioned. They got it back on, on track, but for me, I think this is racing Louisville, just kind of picking up steam, like you Ooh. mentioned there, and to continue going that direction. Let's go. Yeah, I have to agree with Jenny. I, I think if anyone's going to figure it out, it's going to be Laura Harvey with the rain. But with that being said, I think the more fun squad to watch right now is Louisville. And I, I love Savannah DeMello. I think she's a really fun player to watch. And unfortunately, I think that they'd give the courage, if they manage to win against the current, more problems. I like it. Yeah. you got to pick up steam on the way to the playoffs and racing Louisville. Getting hot at the yeah. right time, as they say. Also, I am just obsessed with their crest. I think I love, I love the whole the look. The whole thing is great. The color. Really? I think Matt Wolf designed that as well, actually. He's a he does, that all, be he does all the best ones. Yeah. I know, I it's think. a talented guy. NWSL uh, Challenge Cup semifinals tonight on CBS Sports Network. Don't miss it. We are going to take another break. Uh, when we come back, we are chatting some 
La Liga, people that have impressed. Uh, stick around. We'll be right back. You can now relive the best moments of the UEFA Champions League 24-7. The UEFA Champions League channel is a new 24-hour streaming channel serving non-stop goals, highlights, and full match replays from the world's most prestigious club competition. Reminisce on your favorite moments, legendary players, and brilliant goals with the UEFA Champions League channel streaming around the clock on Pluto TV and the CBS Sports app. Welcome back. Well, Jude Bellingham is proving to be the signing of the summer transfer window, settling into his new team, Real Madrid, beautifully. Here he is celebrating with the Boss. fans after he scored the stoppage time game winner in a 2-1 win over Getafe. He now has five goals in four games for Real Madrid. And uh, look at this list of players that he joins. The players to score in their first four La Liga matches. Zlatan, Cristiano, Czech Fabregas, and Jude Bellingham. That's quite impressive company to keep. Um, we have spoken a lot about Jude Bellingham and just how impressed we have been with his start to the season with, with Real Madrid and how quickly he has integrated himself into that side. Uh, Nigel Rio Coker here the other day saying that he is just a complete midfielder. There's really no weakness in his game. Nico, how do you, how do you assess what he's been able to do so early in the season? The thing is that Real Madrid is playing without a nine. And he's providing the goals. I don't know if we expected Jude Bellingham to be providing the goals. And the thing is that Carlo Ancelotti has constructed this system where he's got the three midfielders and he's got Jude behind Rodrigo and Vinicius in theory, right? Because of injury, whoever it is that, that's playing up there. And this guy is fulfilling everything that Carlo Ancelotti needs him to do. Um, Numbers-wise, it's very impressive. I don't know if this is sustainable for an entire year because a nine is a nine and a nine will provide you goals. But the way that this kid, he arrived 19 years old, has walked into a coliseum and just spreading his arms out to the Santiago Bernabeu shouting, are you not entertained? It, it speaks of his maturity level, of his vision, of his potential. Mm. And he's, man, I've... I'm, I've said this too many times on this show because I think he is an extraordinary complete footballer because he's got so many assets to his game. Not only defensive capabilities, recovery, his passing, his playmaking ability, he can score, he can head. Um, he's got, he's, he's a complete package man. It, it also speaks about how much of a generational talent we are watching blossom. And to blossom at Real Madrid. At we're, 20 years old. At 20 years old. Where traditionally the English don't have the best starts and certainly don't have the best runs at Real Madrid. I'm sorry, Michael Owen, if you're watching. <laughs> uh, this is a, a massive. Other than Beckham, I feel Beckham like. Beckham had a good run. run. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mac Manaman had, yeah. had a good run. But the, this, this, this is start, speaking at a, this is has, a different energy. He has a goal involvement every 59 minutes on the pitch. He is in the top 5% in Spain in shooting, top 8% in carries, top 11% in assisting. If you look at his heat map, it's literally only, covering the, the front Only half. Holland has more goals than him in the European Golden Boot race right it's now. It's absolutely incredible what this man's been able to do. And I said this a couple weeks ago, and he's proving me right week in and week out. Man, he looks like he's been, he looks like he was born and raised in a, in a Real Madrid shirt. 
This man is built. You said, like, you know, what, what in the stadium, what was the term you just used? Coliseum. 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 Yeah. He, he literally was built. I mean, put a bed, put an air mattress out there. He might as well sleep on the pitch. This man is built for the Santiago Bernabeu. With Bellingham, though, his natural talent, his work rate, at the age that he's at, meeting with Don Carlo, of all people, I feel like Don it's going to be, he's going to be an absolute menace. And what I mean is I don't think we've seen his anywhere near his ceiling yet. No. And I think no, that combination, I'm excited for both of them, right? Because can you imagine like, Ancelotti being able to actually work with Bellingham and getting him to just keep ratcheting it up and him getting to work with Ancelotti, who I think manages to get every last bit of potential, especially out of a young player. Imagine he's going to have a nine. He's going to yeah. have to wring the most out of him. But that, that's, that's a whole other can of worms. Ancelotti's gone mm-hmm. by May. Mm-hmm. Whoever comes in is, I don't know, I would imagine they're probably going to want a nine. Yeah. Um, and, and so then, you think that's going to impede Bellingham's growth, or you think that that's going to give him oh, more leeway to I, swing? I, it gives no, him more freedom. Look, it gives I, him more options. I, th- I think you have to figure out something very difficult because you've ha- you have a midfield three that has proven that they are very strong. You have two wingers mm-hmm. that are very very good in in Vinicius and in Rodrigo. You put a nine in there, you're going to have to bench somebody between Schwamini, Camavinga, Valverde, mm-hmm. Bellingham. You're not going to bench Bellingham. Nope. No. Choose. You've got, you've got good it's, problems. Good problems. Uh, Champagne problems. Yeah. I, I want to see how this how this works come Champions League knockout stage. I'm okay with, with, with group stage because Real Madrid has enough quality to get through it with the way that they're playing. Um, but when push comes to shoves with bigger teams and you're playing without a nine in this fashion, um, a lot is going to be asked. But He seems I, to be answering. Jude, Jude Bellingham you, is awesome. Do you think that this will be Jude Bellingham's Real Madrid? You know, the way we talk about it, like this is Vinny's team, uh, Junior's team. Will this be? Vinny's injured I think, right now, so it's easy to say that. Yeah. But no, I, I, mean, I think he's going to be the, the, the poster boy of a Real Madrid generation that they've what Florentino Perez does very well is the revolving door and the way that he's able to even just push legends aside and usher in a change because cold. they've been doing that called They did it with Xavi Alonso, they did it with Ozil, they did it with Di Maria, they've done it with Ronaldo, they did it, and, and they get it done right, and they've brought in young talent slowly into the team. And look at Chouameni, look at Camavinga, look at Valverde. Uh, they've brought in a new young left back, and it's... This is the new young Real Madrid. It's a new look, and they and they and all they need is just a nine, like a Kylian Mbappe or something like that. I don't know. It's, this is this is. I don't is, know. I feel like sometimes when you throw a player like that, for example, into the mix, we kind of get that reassessed PSG experiment whereby you end up with a bunch of big name players. Yeah, this one makes but, a lot but, more sense. But Real Madrid, but Real Madrid, that logo yeah. is above That's any scary. superstar That's that you bring to the club to and they've about. proven that time and time again. Who are they going to bring next year as a manager to be able mm-hmm. to manage all of this? Sidan maybe come back? No, you I don't think? know. But maybe no. like a Xavi Alonso, a man who knows the club, mm-hmm. knows the identity, the, the DNA of Madridismo wow. and what it means to lead Mbappe, this club. Mbappe, Bellingham, Vinny. Stop it. With, I mean, with Xavi Alonso. Fast football. Stop oh it. Just, I can't. I can't. I need a moment. Do we need to hold right. down? R.I.P. the rest of the league, Good bro. Lord. <laughs> Not fair. Um, all right. Let's, uh, let's, let's transition and chat about a team that, that's probably surprised us a little bit. 
bit, I think, in La Liga, and that is uh, Girona. They're coming off a 1-0 win over Las Palmas, but they've got three wins on the season in a row to start. And what, where, where have they come from? Nico, mm, I don't know. This is not a, <laughs> you know, this is, city football crazy. This is not. It's interesting. I mean, look, they have a couple of names that you might recognize. Yangel Herrera, yeah, by the also way, also played at NYCFC. And NYCFC Venezuelan midfielder. They uh, got rid of Tati Castellanos, who also played at NYCFC. Right. This is a city football group squad. Um, they have Sigankov, by the way, who's a winger. He he played in in Ukraine at uh, Dinamo Kiev. But Christian Stuani has been a stalwart in Spain um, and has has been with Girona for a little while, uh, led by Michel. I don't know how long this is going to last, but it's, the fact that Girona's up there, they've, they've competed, but I, I don't know how to explain it. Yeah, it's, 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 they, 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 I mean, look, they beat Las Palmas. They it's kind of fun. They beat Sevilla, and before that, uh, Getafe 3-0. That doesn't look so, so great at, at the moment. Um, so... If I play for Girona, I'm printing out the table as it is and framing it and putting it on my mantle. You're like, look at that. Yeah. Look where we look are. Look at that time. They're between, great defensively. Between Real and that's, Barca. That's one of that. They score goals, but they're great defensively. They only give up half a goal a game. I mean, they're doing a great uh, job so far, but can they keep that going? Paulo Gasaniga, the Argentine goalkeeper formerly of Spurs, mm. is the goalkeeper. I don't know. It's... Uh, very surprising. It's good to have an anomaly. Like I know. That I love it. Well, I think it's fine. Right it their, their very first promotion was, what, 2017? Exactly. So, Crazy. You know, it's, it's they, kind of a You know a how they run. say, like, act like you've been there before? Like, yes. They, like, Girona yeah. just showed up and they're like, hello. <laughs> what, what do you mean? We've been here the whole time. Also, Alex I'm used Collins. to being a top of the table, too. <laughs> Alex Collins is there, who you'll obviously this One of the swaggiest players I have ever encountered in real life. In my life, he's yeah. ama- he is amazing. <gasps> I love. Okay, guess who's on the Girona train? This there one. There you go. <laughs> That's all it took. That's it. They're Catalan, so they've got I a know. little bit of exactly. Uh, flavor. I like it. I'm here for yeah. it. All right, guys, we're going to take a break. Um, we are chatting about some MLS Western Conference teams who are flirting uh, near that playoff line right now. We're going to see who might be able to make a late season push. That's after a break.